Welcome to a brand new college football episode of the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me, as always, is Austin Wader. And uh, we're talking college football. Before we get into it, make sure you've gone, listen to the NFL episode that came out before this episode. Um, it's a real treat. Uh, we got a great Thursday night game coming For up once, tonight. yeah. <laughs> um, so we wanted to talk about that and get that out to you guys first. Um, but, you know, let's get into college football here, and hopefully uh, none of us will die uh, from coughing. I don't know who uh, did that on the last one. As in our last episode, uh, we're going to try and avoid uh, yeah. the brutal bouts. I don't I don't know what happened there. Yeah, um, you know, I apologize for the mistake. It won't happen again. Uh, yeah, bad day, bad day. <laughs> uh, but uh, all jokes aside, we'll get into college football now. And let's start by looking at last week's games. Um, we had some really exciting games and a big make-or-break weekend for college football. And it seems like, at least for now, most of the pandemonium was averted from these top teams. Um, it got close for some of them. Oh, yeah. Um, but certainly got the separation they needed. Uh and we'll first start by not talking about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, appreciate it. They, appreciate it. As uh, fall forty-eight to ten. I, I would rather not talk about that game. Um, it was ever. A, it was a pain. Uh, I'm I am thankful I had to call basketball whenever that game was going on. I am yeah. thankful to the to the Lord above that I had to call basketball during that game. It was for the best. Uh, surprisingly, I left the game on for the whole duration, but it was just playing off to the side while I was watching other stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was on the whole time uh, I was there. And um, you know the Sands are going to be packed for the game this weekend when they host Florida International, and they considered one of the, the worst game. teams in Division One college football. Can't wait to see a packed Razorback Stadium of about maybe 40,000. Yeah, uh, that'll be something to see for sure. Um, but let's get into Alabama. Uh, they get another test this weekend, uh, this past weekend, against the Kentucky Wildcats, a tough team uh, in the SEC. And Alabama gets it done, 49-21. They clinch their uh, date, uh, their rematch with uh, Georgia. Uh, it feels like those two teams are meeting every year in the SEC championship, but – the date set for the SEC championship. Now these two teams just need to hold on to their positions uh, these last two weeks. Yep. Um, so that that SEC championship is more of a win to get in type of situation. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much is what it's going to be for Alabama, for Georgia. If they're able to win out, you wonder if they lose, could they still get in? Like that happened a that's few true. years ago where they won the natty. Um, so that's kind of a wait and see, but Georgia got to handle business this weekend first. But for Bama, um, yeah, really solid performance by Jalen Milrow in this game. Almost made the cut for my player of the week, but he just missed the cut because there was a lot of good performances this week. Um, but again, the Kentucky passing game. Once they got behind, they tried to throw the ball. Could not get it done. They fell behind by a lot early. Alabama just rolled on them. It wasn't, it wasn't ever close. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we talk about a team who was really tested. Uh, number three, Michigan, faces number 10, Penn State. And they get the job done 24-15. to 15. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about this game a little bit, and certainly Michigan might be in trouble without Coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, obviously, the big thing is they completely abandoned the pass game, and oh while gosh. it may have worked out here against Penn State, um, against a high up tempo offense that they'll face 
uh, this weekend and next weekend in Maryland and Ohio State, yep. you, you're going to have to throw the ball. You can't just cave. Maybe against Maryland you might get away with it, but Ohio State, that physical tough defense yep. is going to wear your running backs down, and you may have two of the best running backs in the country, two guys who will be some of the first running backs off the board come the draft. Oh, yeah. But this this team is going to have to rely on so-called Heisman candidate J.J. McCarthy. Um, I mean – uh, this should be this game should be the death of the JJ McCarthy Heisman talk. If this guy's your Heisman, you can't scrap you can't write him out of your offensive playbook. Oh yeah. Um. So I think good job by Michigan getting the job done, passing the test of Penn State. Um. But this was not an impressive performance, and this bodes for bad times, in my opinion, for Mich- Michigan coming up in these next two. Well, weeks. just in general, I mean, neither side it was pretty. No. Neither. Neither side. Uh, the Penn State hype train, I'm, I sent a video to one of my group chats I'm in of just a train crashing. That's the hype train going down. Um, you know, Penn State, I, I try. Me and me and Austin try. We try to root for you guys in these big games, and we just can't see y'all get it done. We need you guys to get it done in one of your big games eventually to for us to believe in you. And we want to believe in James Franklin. We want to believe in Penn State because we want to see something different besides Michigan and Ohio State in recent years because we want fun. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with fun. Um, but, yeah, this was an ugly game. Uh, ultimately led to uh, Penn State's offense coordinator, Mike Urich, getting fired. Um, but, yeah, it was ugly on the offensive end for Penn State. But, yeah, you're absolutely right with Michigan. Um, this game, they just abandoned the pass game. I don't think – I think they said J.J. McCarthy threw – I don't know if they say he threw any in the fourth quarter. I don't know if he threw any in the third quarter. Maybe once or twice. Yeah, what did he throw? Like five passes in this. He was seven for eight for sixty yards. Um, yeah, they just they just went to work on the ground. Uh, and as someone who bet the under in this game, I did appreciate them going to a ground heavy attack. Yeah. and wasting time because I thought that was dead in the first half. Um, but man, yeah, this wasn't this was an ugly game. But also keep in mind, Ohio State and Penn State played an ugly game too so to me this keeps things uh kind of leveled up between ohio state or ohio state and michigan and um we just really don't know overall what we're going to expect to see from that game still because we thought last year would be a close game and so evenly matched and yet michigan came out and they just blew them out of the water uh the water wow the water and so yeah i really don't know what to expect from that game all i know is michigan they just they just went to work wasting that clock the remainder of the game. Yeah, um, and interesting news coming out of Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is going to accept his suspension, uh, and to me what that means is they went to the Homer judge uh, who graduated from Michigan, diehard Michigan fan, and he said, yeah, there's no case because you cheated. Um, and so to me, even more damning evidence um, that this team uh, may be in, in, in trouble as far as what the NCAA does, probably this offseason, um, as it looks like they're probably going to continue the investigation throughout the season. But the punishment could be severe for the future of this Michigan program, uh, as if he's just going to accept the suspension after a lawsuit was supposed to be filed uh, last week, and now that's fallen through. Y- you wonder what the evidence is, and you wonder uh, the case against Michigan may may be deeper and deeper than we thought. Yeah, you wonder. I did hear actually that the Big Ten was closing its investigation. So I wonder if they all just kind of came to an agreement of, look, he's accepting the suspension. We're not going to worry about it for now. Maybe we look back to it in the summer. Well, what happened was 
the Big Ten said they're closing their investigation, but the NCAA's yeah. investigation is still open. They said, this is as far as we'll go. We'll let the NCAA go from here. Yeah, but it's a, it, it's an interesting uh, thing for Michigan because I'm, I'm interested to see um, what made him change his mind. I wonder if he just said what, what I thought personally uh, after last week, which was, listen, you keep on trying to go to court with this. It's going to put a wear and tear on the players. They're not going to know. Might as well have a sturdy um, setup for this final week, which is you're going to help all week, but these other coaches are going to take over on game day. And I mean, that's probably the best option for Michigan is just not to have any more of that outside noise and just focus on the remainder of the year. I think that's the right move for Michigan. Yeah, I completely agree. It's time to take it out of court. But to me, if again, I think if you're taking it to a guy who diehard Michigan, bleeds blue, graduated from Michigan, um, and you can't get some kind of case out of that where uh, it was a case where the NCAA wasn't even going to have an opportunity to present their defense. Uh, they were, I mean, the judge is just going to look at the evidence and rule, um, and that goes nowhere. To me, that sounds like there isn't much of a case for Michigan to begin with, and there was no leg to stand on uh, for Jim Harbaugh. No, no. So uh, it's going to be interesting. How will they adjust? Uh, I need to see him play against Maryland next week before I have any kind of level of confidence hosting Ohio State. Now, hosting Ohio State gives me a bit more confidence in Michigan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we look at Kansas, and they fall to unranked Texas Tech, who moves to 5-5. Five and five. And this has been a closely contested uh, Big 12 picture. Um, but now we're starting to get uh, some more answers. And then more questions. Um, yeah. We'll talk about that as we go. But the first domino to fall, obviously, being Kansas takes its third loss in conference play, which almost has them out. Um, I mean, they still have, they have a long shot. It's a very a long, long shot. shot. But it's still possible. Um, but that third loss definitely hurts. But for Texas Tech, they now have just as much of a chance as Kansas because – they only have three losses uh, after getting that big win. So they kind of position themselves in a spot where they also have a long shot opportunity. Um, but that's the first domino to fall here. And it really just has been a shame for Kansas that um, they just can't keep Jalen Daniels healthy because this he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country. And he would certainly change the trajectory of this Kansas Jayhawks season uh, had he been active at all this in the biggest games yeah but the good news he reported earlier today he's coming back next year and really that might be what keeps uh lance leopold in kansas for another year or two uh because i mean there's a lot of good coaching jobs that are available now uh, i'm sure we're going to get to in a minute about jimbo fisher the mississippi state job and a&m job opening um ucla seeming to maybe fire their head coach uh jim kelly i'm yeah i'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit but um, this is what I think will keep him there for a while. But yeah, this sucks for Kansas. But yeah, I mean, they have a very, very long shot chance. I mean, they could technically help themselves out, really, if they beat Kansas State this weekend and drop them down from five and two uh, to five and three. And you go back up to five and three, and that kind of maybe cuts the gap a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then you've got Arizona surviving a nail biter with Colorado. But boy, does this team keep on trucking? Uh, this Arizona Wildcats team is just a formidable force in the Pac-12. And, again, I, I would not want to be playing uh, the Wildcats on Saturday. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Going into the fourth quarter, I thought they might lose this game. 
Yeah. Uh, they were down 31-24. I was keeping up with it, wasn't watching. Shout out Pac-12 Network, which, by the way, something else I didn't know if you knew, um, the final game on the Pac-12 Network. I don't know if you've heard about this. I did not. Final game ever on the Pac-12 Network, Notre Dame-Stanford. Wow. It's not even going to be two Pac-12 games. Yeah, um, that that seems very iconic for the Pac-12 network to go out with a non-Pac-12 team playing on it. Um, but yeah, good win for Arizona. Yeah, they keep on finding ways to win, and that's about as good of a thing as any team can have. You Like I said, in the NFL, and I'll take an ugly win over a pretty loss, and this wasn't their best performance, to say the least. But we both said this was kind of a trap game for them after those last couple. They fell for it early in the game. But they got down the field late, kicked a game-winning field goal. Uh, you're a seven and three team now. Things are still looking good. And uh, overall, you look at the Pac-12. Um, I mean, they're they creeping up. They creeping up on them. Yeah, uh, they need some stuff to happen, but they're certainly putting pressure uh, on those top dogs to keep on winning. Um, Florida State survives a nail biter with Miami, and we talk about uh, if. Miami's starting quarterback, uh, Emory Williams, if he doesn't, I mean, kill himself for that oh first down. Oh, my gosh. You oh, know, prayers up for him. Yeah, yeah uh, prayers up for him. absolutely hope the best for him. Um, but if he could have come out of that unscathed and healthy, this is a completely different looking game. I, I think on that final drive, you talked about him getting hurt. Um, and Tyler Van Dyke, former starting quarterback who's now been benched, uh, for Emory Williams, uh, had he been able to stay in this game, uh, we might be talking about overtime and maybe a Florida State loss. Um, and I think maybe they got caught looking ahead, clinched that ACC championship. You're thinking about, oh, we've got three unranked teams, three teams that haven't been super great. We're just going to coast into that ACC championship. Uh, college football playoff, here we come. It's kind of the mindset, it seems like, for Florida State. And maybe this close game kind of snapped it into them. And obviously, we'll see how they approach the next two weeks. But uh, uh, Florida State can't keep getting caught looking ahead like this because it didn't feel like we saw the best uh, of them. And honestly, you look at the last couple of weeks, they've kind of been sleepwalking. The Pittsburgh game, they were for a bit. The Duke game, Virginia Tech, they were too. And you wonder if the uh, playoff committee sees this and – if they have to choose between them and another team, you wonder if they say, well, this team hasn't been performing that great late in the season. They might bump Florida State out, which that might yeah. that might just change if they're able to go and beat Louisville in a top 10 showdown uh, for the ACC title. So that could change that. But I think you absolutely have to consider that if you're the playoff committee. Hey, this team is not playing on that same level. We have to at least have a conversation about it with Washington and Florida State. And that's what a lot of people on a bunch of the sports networks are talking about lately is – what what is it about the the polls or the committee that likes Wash that likes Florida State more than Washington? And yeah, it's a question people are asking now. Yeah, uh, I mean, you talk about Washington, and while they don't always get the prettiest wins, they're playing their best, and we're seeing the best out of them every single week. And you're certainly not seeing that out of uh, Florida State. And at some point, the question's got to be asked: uh, When is it? When is it going to change? Um, but then we have uh, number 24, Oklahoma State, falling – or not number 24 at the time, actually. They were number 15 at the time, number 24 now. Um, falling to UCF, 45-3. to Ollie Gordon held to 25 Ooh. yards on the ground. Uh, UCF, 
uh, showing that they're uh, going to make some noise here in their first year in the Pac-12, even if it means they can't make a run at the title. Um, definitely making a difference. And this, to me, is the big thing that really reopened up uh, this title game. Because, again, if Oklahoma State and Texas had won out with their one losses yeah, in conference, Big 12 would have been a, sealed. Yeah. They would have played a conference championship game against each other. But now you look at it, and now Oklahoma State, uh, it's tied with Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Kansas State for second place at that 5-2 and two record. Texas looks almost safe, uh, almost safe for the title game. Uh, of course, anything can happen. Um, but now you talk about any if these teams start slipping up, there's a chance those three lost teams slip back into it. Obviously, that would imply all of these teams would have to lose a game um, down the stretch. But Oklahoma State, it's possible for them to lose a game down the stretch here. No, let's just go ahead and take a peek at everybody. Can everybody lose one game down yeah, the stretch with everybody else losing a game? I'm just saying, Texas at Iowa State is a, is a scary one for Texas. Oklahoma's got BYU at BYU this weekend, and they host TCU, Oklahoma State. Um, they're at Houston this weekend, and they host BYU. I'm gonna um, say I'm going to say it. There is a realistic possibility that all of the teams – that are five and two could lose a game without it affecting the any of the other teams winning a game. Yeah, um, and we could have a bunch of what? five and three. I was about teams. to say yeah, well, like a what, like a seven eight team tie. Um, I mean, I, or at least well for second. I feel like Texas is only losing one game. Yeah, Texas. I'm not counting Texas in that in my little research, though they could have say, some losses that would make it that would put them at three losses as well. Uh, but I, I don't know what it would go that far. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, it's a crazy landscape we're looking at right now. Um, but there certainly nothing's decided, uh, no. and the big 12, um, and that'll be interesting to see, uh, as we go down the stretch in this one, um, Tennessee, Missouri play a game that, uh, I thought was going to be one of the games of the year. And it turns out Missouri just showing, uh, what they can be. Um, and, it's really been a great season for the Missouri Tigers. Um, they look good, and this is something that is going to be great for this program to build on. Uh, personally, I'm rooting for Missouri to win their game this weekend uh, because I'm going to go to the Missouri-Arkansas game and hope that Arkansas stuns them uh, in in Fayetteville, uh, and we have ourselves a top-10 victory uh, for the Hogs to close out the season. Um, uh, that would be a treat, uh, for me. So I'll be rooting for the Missouri Tigers pretty hard, uh, this weekend, but we'll see what happens. They look impressive. They're an exciting team. And obviously the college football playoff hopes look to be over. They can't make the SEC championship. They're a two loss team. They're probably not going to be the favorite right, two loss, right. uh, to make the college football playoff. Um, so it's probably over as far as that is, but they can still land a big bowl game. And this is about building uh, the future of this program uh, for Missouri. You look at Brady Cook, he's a junior. He's probably coming back next year for an exciting season. Um, Cody Schrader is a senior, but he could even come back as a fifth-year guy if he wanted to. Um, There's definitely still a lot of talent on this team, and this is the beginning of 
what looks like a bright future for the Missouri Tigers. And really, it, it's going to be a disappointing finish to the season for Tennessee. Um, You know, I mean, yay, Missouri's good, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, I know I mean, I, not I, I, the I know. biggest Missouri fan, yeah, but, but it has been an exciting season. I, I give them credit, you know, because I, I picked Tennessee to win this game, and they just they destroyed them. It wasn't even – it was never close. Um, and as someone who lost money on this game by picking Tennessee, I can't say I'm very disappointed. Uh, in Tennessee, and this hurts. But, you know, Tennessee, I know it hurts this week, but you legitimately now have nothing to lose when you're hosting Georgia this weekend. You have nothing to lose. They've already quenched the SEC title game spot. You know you can't go, so you legitimately have nothing to lose. You might see Tennessee play their hardest this Saturday against Georgia, so maybe that could set up something there. Um, But, yeah, Mizzou absolutely dominated. Um, I'm rooting for that maybe top 10 upset with you. Uh, That would be the only thing that could maybe save me as a Hog fan this year. Yeah, it's been a it's been of a, a bit of a tough bout, um, for sure. But yeah, I guess maybe Tennessee could come out and make some noise against Georgia. Uh, you know, hopefully we do because that's still going to be an exciting matchup, and oh, we yeah. hate to see Tennessee give it up. Um, but boy, oh boy, Missouri's been good. Um, Washington edges out Utah thirty five twenty eight. Um. This was a close game, uh, but Michael Penix does what he does best, and that's get the job done for his guys. Uh, 332 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Um, and boy, oh boy, Dylan Johnson has really exploded uh, for this offense in the last couple of weeks and takes the load a little bit off of Michael Penix's shoulders to have a, a solid run foundation. Yeah, but that, um, I will say, Utah being able to keep up with them score for score, did not have that on my bingo card for this weekend. That's fair. <laughs> they really challenged them uh, yeah. on offense. Give them, give them credit for that, but give credit to Washington's in the fourth quarter. You know, they were down by four entering that fourth, but they got a field goal, touchdown, and then they got that safety near the very end of the game to seal the deal. So they keep on winning. They they just keep on winning. I give them credit. They're 10-0. and 0, um, And they got their toughest game of the season left this weekend. You win that, there's a legitimate chance you're undefeated going into that Pac-12 title game. And, yeah, you're pretty much set there. Utah, I mean, I can't really blame you. You lost to a solid team. You were very competitive. Um, probably one of the best three-win teams in the country, if we're being honest. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're a good looking. You team. just wonder where they would be with Cam Rising. You have to you have to wonder that this year. Yeah, it, it is. It really is unfortunate that um, we never really saw uh, anything from him this season. Hopefully, hopefully, he'll be back next year. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, he'll be back next year because boy, oh boy, this team would be exciting uh, with him on the roster. Uh, but Georgia beats down Ole Miss, and I, I think to me this was. Uh, the big push that makes them the number one team in the nation. They face a top 10 team uh, in crucial time in the season, especially for Ole Miss would have kept them in the SEC playoff picture or the SEC championship picture had they been able to win this game. So they had everything to play for, and Georgia came out and shut them down on offense and just lit them up. And uh, that shows uh, the caliber of team that uh, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs are dealing as they look for their third straight championship. I mean – it just seems like the second we're just wondering about Georgia um, just comes crashing down. They just blow out whoever they play. Yeah. Um, yeah, this has to write off any notion of anyone saying, well, is Georgia really back? They haven't been 100% yet. And, yeah, um, they looked all the way back in this game. Defense, outstanding. After it was 14-14, 
Uh, I was looking at it, I was like, this might be a shootout. This could be a fun shootout. Gave up three points the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, outscored them 38-3 to three the remainder of the game. They dominate on defense, dominate on offense. Uh, Kendall Milton had a great game on the ground for them. Uh, it was a great game for Carson Beck, and that defense looked incredible too. Um, 300 yards and five touchdowns on the ground for Georgia. They just ran through that Ole Miss defense. And again, for Lane, um, you know, it's kind of like the James Franklin effect. He can get good teams. He can't win those big games, though, and that's what's cost him this year. Absolutely. Um, let's take a look at uh, the college football playoff rankings. And uh, before we get into this, uh, disappointed with the NCAA's decision about James Madison. Um, Boo. And know, Jacksonville State. Yeah, uh, we talk about this, and it's a team that deserves to be ranked, and, and now we know the full details of it. Uh, they're not even allowed to be ranked, Yeah, um, which explains That's their absence. Stupid. Um, it's beyond disappointing uh, from the NCAA. It doesn't make any sense. The rule's not saving anybody from anything. Truly, it's saving bad teams uh, who are barely bowl eligible. It's making them, uh, you know, less less – Lesser teams. Let's, yeah. let's just face it. It's saving lesser teams to play in bigger bowl games. Yeah. Um, because James Madison should be playing for their conference championship. They won't be allowed to. Should because, be playing probably in the in the and biggest. They should be New getting Year's a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Um, and because of that, some other team is playing in the in that conference championship, and some other team is going to be playing in a New Year's Six. Which bowl. I would assume is Tulane at this um, point. At least they, I believe they are the highest ranked group of five. And so, no offense to Tulane. Uh, but everybody knows that that's James Madison's uh, right, and it it is unbelievably disappointing from the NCAA um, about uh, the the number of things that they've mishandled this year. You talk about the Tess Walker incident as well. Yep. Um, it just seems like they're not on the same page uh, with their athletes and their uh, organizations that they work with, um, and that that is greatly disappointing. It's almost like they're just here for the money. Uh, so. With that, we'll get into the college football playoff rankings, and we'll look at uh, at number one. Georgia takes over um, for the first time in the college football playoff rankings over Ohio State, and like I said, this this past weekend, that oh was yeah, the game sealed the deal. That sealed the deal for them to be the number one team in the nation. Uh, Ohio State at number two, uh, Michigan stays at three, uh, Florida State stays at four, and at five we have Washington. Uh, absolutely the right way to do this top five. Yeah, I mean top five and really the top eight. Staying the same, really, besides just the one flip-flop between Georgia and Ohio State. And, you know, we keep on waiting for that weekend of chaos to happen where something happens in this top eight, and we're just not seeing it. Yeah, Yeah. there's got basically two weekends left. Um, And then you have conference championship where maybe you could have some more things happen. Yeah, Um, there's a lot that still has happened. Obviously, Ohio State and Michigan still have to play. Washington and Oregon could meet again for the Pac-12 title, so they could work themselves out. Uh, Georgia and Bama obviously are meeting again. Um, Texas could lose a game or two. So we're eventually going to get to it, but it just seems like, you know, I, I want something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just seems like boring. Like every single week, like there's no point in watching that once it gets to number eight. I'm like, well, number eight's Bama, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Georgia's number one. What a fun – that was the fun twist that everyone knew was coming still. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, waiting for the excitement. Uh, it certainly will happen once we get to conference championship week. Yeah, and that last week of the season. But maybe we got a surprise coming in this. Hopefully, weekend. hopefully. Um, 
At number six, Oregon, seven, Texas, eight, Alabama. Missouri moves up to number nine, rightfully so. This is the right spot for this team to be. And at number 10, you've got Louisville to round out the top 10. Uh, glad to see those two teams moving into the top 10 because they're certainly top 10 teams in the country. But man, year. Oregon State, so, on the so cusp. close. Um, um, but they got a chance to yeah. earn a spot in the top 10 this weekend. Uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say they got a chance to do it. Um, but yeah, good. Uh, I was Missouri won kind of caught me off guard i knew it was a great win i didn't know if they would rank them all the way in the top 10 that's true um but i think it's deserving their two losses um are against an lsu team who they're seven and three but they have legitimately one of the best players in all college football right now and a georgia team where they were competitive throughout they were both competitive in both of the games that they lost this year so they're they're playing well in louisville in the top 10 again you we say it we said it last week and we said it the week before where would this team be ranked if they did not lose to Pitt? Yeah, I, I mean, we're talking about it. It's got I, to me. It's got to be six, right? It's got to be around that range. It's got to be. Um, I mean, it, it, this team undefeated with a win over Notre Dame is be, is better than an Oregon with a loss to Washington, uh, at least resume wise. And they beat a solid Duke team in a shutout. Absolutely. Um, you know, they beat a pretty solid NC State team. They beat a Georgia Tech team that was pretty good start of the year. They beat a Virginia Tech team that was the next best team in the ACC. And you at had the time a win against a six and four Miami and a win against Kentucky at the end of the year. Those are, you know, maybe those aren't the flashiest wins, but those are some very solid teams overall that they have played. Absolutely, I I think uh, it, it would warrant a, a top six spot, uh, certainly. Uh, but at number eleven, we've got Oregon State, twelve Penn State, uh, thirteen Ole Miss. 14 Oklahoma, 15 LSU. Um, and I, I like the Ole Miss and Penn State falling out of the top 10, um, but staying in that top 15 range because they just ran into some talented squads. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll agree with that statement. They ran some really talented teams. Uh, Oklahoma, again, I think they – I was not expecting them to dominate West Virginia like they did. was a bit heartbroken by it. Uh, the Mountain Mama trend is over there, unfortunately, in that one. Uh, and LSU, um, safe to say they played a game on Saturday night where Jaden Daniels might have done something no one else has ever done. You yeah. Know, no, no big deal. Just a little bit of history for you. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, yeah, not an issue with the 11 through 15. I just... I know, I know how badly you want Oregon State in that top 10. Yeah, uh, for sure, but... Uh... I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh, at number 16, we've got Iowa, who came up six spots. I liked it finally. This Iowa team is surging through the rankings just because I, I get it. They're eight and two, um, and they're not the most fun football team to watch, but they're eight and two. Um, they're winning games. They're getting the job done. They had a massive shutout against Rutgers this weekend. Uh, this team is going to start slowly cr climbing. And they shout out, shout out to both those teams for the under, the lowest over under in college football history. The under hitting, appreciate you guys. Yeah, cash, uh, cash money right there. Um, at number seventeen, we had uh, Arizona, another team that's surging right now. Glad to see them getting a big boost. Tennessee drops all the way down to eighteen. Uh, at number nineteen, you've got Notre Dame, who moved up a spot even though they didn't play at all. Um, uh, North Carolina moving up to 24 spots. This is yeah. my big, this is my big gripe with uh, yeah. this top 20. Uh, they played a, a bad football game against Duke. Oh yeah. Um, 
That a Duke team that didn't have Riley Leonard. Yeah, that that was not a great football game. That was a I had fun watching it. Yeah, but it was not a football game that makes me think. Yeah, you need to go up four spots, even though there are some teams that are falling down because of losses. Uh, I mean that's really what helped them move up this far. Oh yeah. I'd rather have Kansas State over North Carolina. Not going to lie, I agree there. I'll agree. Uh, Kansas State at 21, Utah at 22, Oklahoma State at 23, Tulane at 24, and Kansas at 25. Um, You know, maybe Kansas falling out. Maybe. But I don't think that they're not a top 25 team. And I do like them dropping Tulane a couple spots because Tulane the last couple of weeks, they, they have been sneaking by, winning by two against Rice. Uh, a Rice team that was, uh, I forget what their official record is now. They're four and six now. They sneak away with two point win there. Barely beat two and eight Eastern Carolina, 13 to 10. And then they played Tulsa this weekend, who was three and seven. They only beat them by two. So they are sneaking by in these last couple, in these past couple of games. So I like the committee dropping them down a spot there to kind of let them know it's like, we're, we're going to knock you out here in a second. You better, you better get back to getting on track. Absolutely. Um, so we talk about it. You, t- you referenced it earlier. Uh, Jimbo getting fired at Texas A&M. Uh, Mississippi State firing their head coach. And uh, Chip Kelly seems to be out the door at UCLA. Um, do you agree with these firings? Uh, is there? Do you have questions uh, for some of these? Or um, do you think these are the right calls? The, the Jimbo firing, I mean, look, that Hold one. On, we've been we've been, we, we've, we've been Yeah, we've been uh, waiting on this one for a bit. Um, the Mississippi state one for Zach Garnett. Um, I just felt like he was dealt uh, a tough hand after what happened last year. Um, and you know, I kind of feel bad for him, but, uh, you know, they're, the team was struggling this year. They were expected to be kind of a dark horse contender in the SEC West. Um, they can see how they move with speaking of that. I didn't know if you heard the Jamie Chadwell thing that happened. I did not. So Jamie Chadwell, head coach at Liberty, left East uh, Coastal Carolina to go to Liberty this past year. Um, there was a post, um, I think it was on Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, about a coach's show for Liberty, the Liberty Flame coaches show. Um, and, you know, he posted on Twitter, he like quoted the tweet and said, see everyone on Wednesday. Unbeknownst to him, he left his location service on, showed him in Starkville, Mississippi, Wow. Um, of course, tweet was deleted, was posted again, but with locations turned off. So um, don't know if that's official. Don't know if that was fake. Everything I've heard seems to be true. Um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, one, to say the least. Uh, I think it would be a good hire for Mississippi State. Jamie Chowell has clearly shown he can run schools at the uh, group of five level, see if he can do it at power five. I think it would be a fun hire. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, uh, that would be certainly something yeah. to kind of change the landscape there. And then the Chip Kelly one, uh, I I don't understand that one. I get they're kind of having a struggling year. We remember they played a freshman quarterback through part of it. They have a solid defense. I mean, I that's the one uh, out of most of my look at and say I'm kind of perplexed by. It. The only reason, and I told you this, would be if they have already have someone in mind if they're looking to fire him. That's the only logical thing I can think of. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It, it, they've got to be ready to take the next step. Uh, and, you know, I, we kind of talked about this off to the side um, when when the news broke. But, uh, you know, maybe 
I, I, I have I hypothesized that uh, maybe they go Jimbo here and mm. Jimbo Lincoln <laughs> Riley uh, and that that interesting rivalry. Oh uh, man, would uh, create an interesting situation there. Um, but let's get to these teams and player of the week here. Oh yeah. Um, and we'll start with team of the week. Uh, I had uh, Georgia at my number one team. I thought this was a pretty resounding victory. Uh, over Ole Miss that makes them the number one team in the nation. I, I had to put them here. Mizzou at number two. They look like a real force to be reckoned with and building on the future. It, this was a big spot for the Missouri Tigers and had to give them their due. Uh, number three, I put the Michigan Wolverines. I didn't want to put Michigan here. The cheating scandal leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and I don't like Michigan as it is. Um, but they got the job done without Jim Harbaugh, um, even though it wasn't a pretty performance, not one I would – I necessarily commend they get a win over Penn state that keeps them on track for the college football playoff. Just got to beat Ohio state. Um, at number four, I put UCF uh, big time win for them against a surging Oklahoma state team. The way they were able to shut down that dominant run game uh, really made my jaw drop. And at number five, I had Texas tech big win over Kansas that gets you some points in my book. Okay. So mine has some similarities to him. Um, number one, I have UCF here. Uh, I just loved their win against Oklahoma State just because um, I did not expect a 45-3 to butt whooping. Yeah. I mean, didn't see that coming one bit, so definitely caught me off guard. Uh, number two, had to put Missouri there. Um, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, it's a very impressive win. Yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah, very impressive win for them uh, and a good season. Number three, Georgia, um, they just – Wow. Um, I mean, that's all I had to say when after it was 14, 14, I was like, this is going to be a fun game. And then Georgia's like, no, it's not. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to let this be a fun game. We're going to dominate. Number four, um, I had to put Northwestern here. They went on the road to Madison and absolutely really humiliated Wisconsin. And a big shout out, David Braun, the interim coach, has is expected to receive the full-time head coaching job you like at Northwestern. It's what you love to see. And a team that's won, I think, four games maybe in the last two years combined it's already got five wins this year and maybe getting northwestern to a bowl game which at the start of the year i mean many of us i mean i thought they maybe win one or two games this year so yeah, i did not expect that certainly no and my last one uh, another team i wanted to just show love to uh iowa state uh, they went on the road to byu and they put up 45 points on 45 13 dominant performance by iowa state um rocco beck i think is how you pronounce his name the quarterback for them um, he could be a fun guy in the future. He's a freshman. I think he could be a fun guy for Iowa State, along with their ground game. Get this name ready, Abu Sama the Third. Yeah, um, uh, it sounds like I'm saying the monkey from Aladdin when I say Abu. So yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, there's some really good players, uh, freshmen there for them. Uh, also a good junior receiver, Jalen Noel. There's a lot of good pieces for Iowa State. Um, but yeah, so I had to give him credit for uh, my number five spot, but. How close was the race this week for Team of the Week, Austin? Oh, it was tight. It was a uh, sixteen to fifteen. Oh my with, gosh! Uh, Georgia hauling it in. Um, wow! They get the job done. The Georgia Bulldogs are our Team of the Week, and uh, again, rightfully so. Um, but then let's get into Player of the Week. At number one, I had Jaden Daniel from LSU. I, I think there's no reason to continue to comment <laughs> on that one. Uh, number two, I had Bo Nix really, uh, you know, another s supreme performance from him at three. I had Marvin Harrison jr. Had three touchdowns in the first quarter, and then he just didn't need to play any more football. 
one of them being a massive rushing touchdown on a jet sweep that Michigan State, I guess, just didn't want to cover. No, apparently not. Uh, at number four, I put Michael Penix on here. Not his usual 500 yards of passing, but it was a great performance from him, and he got the job done. Gets my nod. And at number five, I went Frank Gore Jr., Ooh. who had 30 carries uh, for – I believe 155 yards and two touchdowns, uh, as well as the game icing run. Um, so I had to give him some love uh, to get uh, Southern Miss a big upset win yep. uh, and their third victory on the season. So he's been a bright spot in what's been a relatively disappointing season for Southern Miss. Yeah, he he has. And, I mean, that just makes me feel old again seeing Frank Gore Jr. up there. Yeah, um, uh, I the first Super Bowl I – well, I mean, I've probably watched Super Bowls before this, but the one I really remember watching, 49ers-Ravens. Like, I watched that whole game. I remember yeah. that whole game. And he was the running back for the 49ers in that game. And now I am 22 years old, <laughs> and his son is uh, a junior, I believe, at Southern Miss. Yeah, he's been there for a bit. Um, my top five, a bit different, but also agree. Number one, Jane Daniels. I mean, I literally texted – this man on Sunday morning, I said, if you even put anyone besides Jane Daniels at number one, we might have to fight. Yeah, uh, and then I told him that I was going to put somebody else at number one. Just so to keep him the on good the news is we won't have to fight because he put him at number one. Yeah. We won't have to fight. We won't have to fight. Um, number two, had to put R.J. Harvey here. Uh, if there was going to be a running back that I thought would dominate the Oklahoma State UCF game, did not think it was going to be R.J. Harvey. Um, over 200 cool. yards on the ground, three rushing touchdowns. Um, yeah, I have to give it to him. He dominated on the ground. He was a beast for UCF in this win. And you know, with the Gus Malzahn team, you're going to run the football. You're going to run the football. And you got to give credit to RJ Harvey. He had an incredible game. Number three, had to give it to him. Cody Schrader for Mizzou. He is quietly, in my opinion, one of the more underrated players in all of college football this year. Absolutely. Um, ground game, 205 yards on the ground, one touchdown, had 116 receiving yards to go along with it in the win for Mizzou. Um, was absolutely dominant in that game. Number four spot, um, you know, I'm going to get some hate for this, but he deserves it. Jalen McLeod, uh, edge from Auburn. Um, listen, the Arkansas game was terrible this weekend. Absolutely terrible. Jalen McLeod, three sacks and a forced fumble in the game. Um, hate to do it, but he was one of the top defensive players. Um, you know, you had to do it. Yeah. And my fifth spot. Went with some uh, fun belt action here. Went with Reggie Brown, the wide receiver from James Madison. Had to show him some love. Over 200 yards receiving for him. Two touchdowns. Yeah, nine catches, 202 yards, two touchdowns for the 6'1 senior. So had to show him some love. But Austin, judging on us uh, first place votes, I am imagining that this uh, was not a close vote for player of the week. Yeah, so when you know we both pick a player at number one overall, uh, everybody else is going to need some help from the polls. Uh, and they did not get any <laughs> help. Uh, Jane Daniels, clean sweep. So he is our unanimous uh, Bold Take Podcast Player of the Week. Maybe the first time we've ever had a unanimous sweep like this. Maybe Travis Hunter. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if Travis Hunter won all of his polls as well. I don't. I want to say he won all except for, I think he might have tied for one. Uh, I mean, this is a clear I mean, cut unanimous decision victory for Jaden Daniels. I mean, uh, it's and it's time. enough said. We don't even need to go into detail what he did. I mean, what? 350 yards passing, 200 rushing, first quarterback to do that both in the same game? Yeah. Uh, I believe that's the be. stat. Um, if it isn't, then surely it is. Uh, but, man, I mean, that is – 
that that was an insane performance for him and really a great game that capped off the nightcap for college football that season. So, man, how about that? We got uh, SEC representing Georgia and Jay and Daniels. Yeah, absolutely. Just it, it, it was really a uh, a great week for the SEC. Uh, well, for some teams in the SEC. Yeah, I was about to say for some. I was about to say, yeah, add that in. <laughs> uh, but let's get into uh, – we're just going to do a couple game picks here. Not a ton of huge, exciting matchups to really discuss. Uh, so we're just going to talk about the big ones here. Um, and that starts with uh, Utah-Arizona. Um, you know, you'd ask me at the beginning of the season if we'd be picking this game. You would be like, yeah, right. <laughs> say, yeah, right, absolutely. Um, it would have been one to be like, yo, Utah can – Keep their playoff hopes alive, but yeah. no, here's Arizona being the higher-ranked team. Yeah, Arizona's the higher-ranked team, and, uh, you know, both of these teams are still trying to hold on hope to a uh, Pac-12 championship spot, uh, and losers certainly all yep. but eliminated from that race. Um, who you got in this one? Well, I will say the records for going into it. This man, 26-17 and 17 now. Wow. Um, 24-19 and 19 for me, so we're literally just... I just can't get any... Distance. Uh, no, to the we literally episode. just balance each other out. Yeah, listen to the uh, listen to that episode and listen to the game pick records over there. Uh, it's I think I've got three games on you. In yeah, that one, but we're both winning records. And I think I picked different on two games from you this weekend. The episode we might well, I might cut it to one, or you might move ahead in a good way this weekend. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot going on there, uh, a lot of action yeah. uh, happening right now. It's going to be a close one, and you know what I like is that it's so close, like you said when we announced it, that really no strategy is going to be involved because it's so close, it's not going to make a difference. Yeah, so we're going to be able to um, go with our gut feeling. But but yeah, for Utah and Arizona, um, I really don't know what to expect from this game. I don't know. Um, there's a part of me that thinks that Arizona can control this game with the way they had the last couple weeks. But again, with that Utah defense, I know that they don't have that as lead of an offense. But, man, it's hard to go against that Utah defense. I really don't know about this one. This is a tough one. Yeah, tough pick. Uh, I think I'm going to give an edge to the defense of Utah. I'm going to go with Utah. I trust their defense. I just trust in them uh, to get a couple of stops there. And, yeah, that's my that's my gut pick. I'm going to go with the Utes. Fair enough. Uh, a lot of things are telling me that I should pick Utah in that defense. Which is why you're going to go with Arizona. They are. Um, but I'm going to go with the Arizona Wildcats here. You know, this is the same exact thought that I know we had when they faced UCLA was end of the line here. It's been fun, but now you face a solid defense and things start to get a little more yep. realistic. Uh, back to the end of the line, Arizona. You <laughs> had fun. We'll see you again next year. Um, but they just keep on going, and everything's telling me, end of the line, this is it for Arizona. The miracle Cinderella season ends right here. Uh, but I don't think so. I think Arizona gets the job done. Something about this team keeps on going, and they continue to spin one of the more exciting storylines in college football this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we've got Georgia versus Tennessee, and you know, no real SEC stakes uh, for these teams, but Georgia college football playoff uh, stakes and uh, chance to make the college football playoff obviously can be affected by what happens in this game. And Tennessee, you know, looking for bowl games still important here down the stretch. They're bowl eligible. Um, the way you finish the season is going to determine what kind of bowl you play in. Um, so a lot goes into this for Tennessee. Season's not over, and you'd love to see them act like the season's not over and keep on fighting. This is a big rivalry game anyway. Um, so who you got? Oh, man. 
Um, it seems so obvious to go with Georgia. It, it, it makes too much sense. You it would makes think. way too much sense. Uh, but, but again, it's at Rocky Top. I feel like it's going to be a close game. Because, again, I'm going to say, I think Tennessee has nothing to lose. They don't. They, they legitimately can go out there and play as loose and as confident of a football team as they want. And honestly, you could maybe say the same for Georgia because they know they're in the SEC title game no matter what. They know that this is, uh, I believe, their final. Yeah, this is their final SEC game. Uh, so they know they're playing Georgia Tech next week, and that pretty much sets up a win in your in against Bama. So really, I would expect both teams to kind of maybe let loose in this game, knowing that they pretty much have their uh, futures for the next couple of weeks set. So I expect a close game, a fun one, but I'm going to give an edge to Georgia to sneak out of Rocky Top with a with a very close win. So Tennessee at least covers the spread. That's what I like to hear. Um... I like Georgia in this game, but, but I'm gonna have to take the Bulldogs. Uh, there's no way I can convince myself. Oh to take my god! Volunteers. You you tricked me. Yep. I was I was so ready. I was I was really um, falling for it. I I I thought I could get you with that little sneak. Uh, my little own. Tush but I'm going here. with the Bulldogs. I was like, oh, uh, not naughty, naughty. Yeah, teases, uh, teases. I want to take Tennessee here. Um, but I think Georgia's just been so dominant. Even when they, you know, are supposed to be getting tested, they get the job done, and I, I think they're going to hold true to that. I guess that's fair. Um, then at six o'clock, we've got Kansas State versus Kansas. Uh, Kansas, like we said, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a, a stretch and a long run, but a win here against one of those two lost teams helps make your chances a little bit more yep. realistic. Um, so they face Kansas State in a, a battle to stay alive in the in, in the Big 12. Yeah, um, this should be a fun one. I, I don't remember the last time these two teams played and they were both ranked. Um, uh, I, feel like it's been, I feel like it's been a long time. So um, I think that's good for them. I think this will be a fun game. Um, I think it will be closer than nine and a half, despite what that spread says. Um but I'm going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks. I have to go with the Kansas Jayhawks here. Um, I think they're the home team. And I think just knowing that they're going to have Jalen Daniels back and all, the confidence that really that win, I know they lost to Texas Tech, but that confidence that they had the last time they were on that home field, which was uh, um, against Oklahoma before the loss to Texas Tech, uh, I'm going to give the Jayhawks an edge in this game I'm, I'm just for the rivalry purposes. And you know it's going to be a close game no matter what with it being an in-state rivalry. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to go with you here for the same reason you said. Jalen Daniels coming back is a, a massive help for this team. It's going to help them out big time. You look at their three losses on the season, and it's a blowout loss to Texas um, and then a close loss to Oklahoma State and a close loss to Texas Tech uh, with an elite-caliber quarterback in Jalen Daniels. Those two the, two of those losses could have easily oh, been yeah. turned into wins. Um and so I think Jalen Daniels comes back, faces this Kansas State team who's been a little bit up and down, kind of like they were last year, uh, and they I think they get the decisive victory here. Uh, it'll be a close game, an exciting game, but I'm with you. Kansas is going to get the job done. And our final game pick, Washington, Oregon State. Stakes are high in this one. Um, Washington State. Uh, Vic, or Washington, not Washington State. <laughs> I blended the two there. Uh, Washington, I think with – uh, a win here edges Florida State. Uh, Florida State's been a I'll little agree. bit rough uh, the last couple of weeks, and Florida State doesn't – they play a cupcake. South Alabama this week. Yeah. Um, or I think it was like North Al- – some, something like that. It's a directional Alabama, I believe. North Alabama. North Alabama. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, should be a win for them. But the last couple weeks being rough for them, Washington gets a win against uh, the number 11 team in the nation, almost top 10, a team that's been on the verge for much of this season. Uh, I think that can certainly help them sneak into that four spot, at least for the relative time being. Um, So this is going to be an exciting game. And obviously Oregon State wins here. The Pac-12 playoff picture gets a little bit more interesting, uh-huh. and they certainly scoot into the top 10. And another thing, you look at the standings, Washington loses, they go to 7-1. and one. Oregon State would go to 6-2. and two. We presume Oregon's going to win. You're looking at a winner-take-all in the Civil War for a trip to the Pac-12 title game against Washington, most likely. Yeah. Uh, Which would be beautiful. It would be, it would be great. As well as Arizona may be playing for a chance to get in as yep. well. Um, but yeah, it sets up an exciting situation there, uh, in the Pac-12 and, uh, one that certainly can't be overstated. So a big matchup, it's basically a top 10 matchup. I'm going to call it a top 10 matchup. You might as well call it a top 10 Um, matchup. So who you got? Oh man, tough matchup. Tough, tough, tough. I wish game day went here, but I do respect where they ended up going still. Where did they um, go? I thought they went here. James Madison. Oh, They're going to I James Madison App State. Well, Apparently the Jonas that. Brothers will be performing there as well. Wow. Uh, get me a first uh, first class ticket on my way. Yeah, I was about to say I'll be on my way. Um, I can already imagine the signs at game day this weekend. Yeah. Uh, that don't imagine they that they will be able to show a lot of them. On I was going to say they're probably not going to be able to show. Hey, right, look at all the signs! Oh, we can't actually show you the signs. Uh, We're sorry. A lot of great signs this weekend, but we cannot show you a single one. <laughs> they might show one, and then the producers be like, "Okay, guys, guys, we can't do this." They might have to bring their own fake signs um, <laughs> and be like, "They'll be like, go team." Yeah, they just distribute. <laughs> um, but uh, Kirk and them are still going to call the game. In this one, I think it's going to be fun. Um, this is literally a pick because the spread's like one right now. It is one. Um, but I don't know. It's just something about that defense of Washington that I've just lost confidence in the last couple of weeks. Ooh. Um, and I don't like doing it because I want my lefty to have his Heisman. But I hate to do it, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the Oregon State Beavers to pull off the upset this weekend. Uh, I just like their defense and overall I think they're a solid football. I think they're a more balanced football team, in my opinion, than Washington. I do. I think Washington's more explosive, and that could lead to them winning this game. Yep. But to my opinion, the more balanced team is Oregon State. I definitely agree with you. Uh, I've been going back and forth on this one. This is a, definitely a tough one to pick, just because uh, you know you look at even usually down the stretch, you have these two lost teams facing the undefeated teams. It's be like Alabama playing Ole Miss or something right. or Texas A&M down the stretch. And you're like, it doesn't matter, even though A&M or Ole Miss is two losses and Alabama's undefeated. It's like Alabama is just clear-cut top team in the nation, and there's nobody that can compete with them. But, but there's been no one at but, the top. Yeah, but in, in this one, there's nobody decisive at the top, and especially Washington's been kind of up and down as of late. Uh and they face another top-tier team in that Pac-12, a team that has uh, things to gain. Again, in those matchups with Alabama, usually Alabama's locked up the trip to the SEC championship. Uh, There's no no playing. There's no reason to play. Basically what the Georgia-Tennessee game is this weekend. Um, There's no reason to play, even though, you know, this should be a a really exciting matchup. Um, There's reason to play for Oregon State. They've got a lot to gain by winning this game against Washington. Um, but I'm going to give the nod to the Huskies. Ooh, uh, I, I like the Huskies in this one. I think they're a fun team. I'd love to see them make the college football playoff. 
um for the second time people forget yep um so jake browning was quarterback last yes. time never forget about jake Browning. never forget about jake browning <laughs> uh, the fact that this team has been to a college football playoff before is all you need to know uh, about the huskies um so I like the Huskies here, but I would not be surprised if DJ Ugalele and mm-hmm. Oregon State can make some madness happen. I agree. I agree. It's going to be a great game. I hope it lives up to the hype, and I'm expecting a raucous crowd in Corvallis. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, let's hit into that bet of the week. Um, you know what it is. Sorry I didn't come through on my bet of the week. I didn't realize that Dan Lanning was going to take his foot off the gas. What uh, a pansy. Because uh, I, I did, I bet the over too. I was like, there's yeah. no way it doesn't hit. And the first half, it, like, literally, they scored on one, like, the first five plays, and the USC defender looked terrible. I was like, oh, this is going to hit easily. Yeah, Dan Lanning just decided that he was going to take his foot off the gas, which he hasn't done all season. He didn't do it against Colorado. I was about to say, he definitely didn't do it against Colorado. Um, so, a little bit disappointed. I was about to say, I have the records here. You fell to six and seven, unfortunately. Um, Bind. Has me seven and eight because remember I had the two extra ones that I did that one time. So we are both just one behind getting to five hundred. We're so close, so close. Ah oh, man, we're so close. But what do you think, Austin? Do you want? Why don't we mix it up? You go first with your bet of the week this week. Alrighty, I've got Maryland plus nineteen uh, against Michigan. Uh, clearly, Michigan is going to if they're okay. going to come out and try and run again. They're not going to score. They're barely going to surpass 19. Yeah. Um, if they're just going to try and eat the clock the whole time. And I think that this people have forgotten because of how much they've struggled these last couple of weeks, how explosive this Maryland offense mm-hmm. is and how talented it is. Um, I think they're going to hang around. I don't necessarily know that they'll win. I hope they do and beat those dirty cheaters. Um, More importantly, they will cover. They're going to cover the spread, uh, especially if they're just going to call off the dogs on offense for Michigan and they're just going to try and run the ball every snap. Hmm. 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 You know, I look at this and, you know, we talked about it this year. Um, there hasn't been a real signature upset this year. There, there really hasn't, there really hasn't been one yet. And, you know, again, we talk about it. This seems like the weekend where, you know, nothing's going to happen. It doesn't look like there's any big time ones besides one or two. So we're like, okay, nothing's going to happen. Bang! That's when they get Bang. you. That is when they, that get is when they get you. You fall asleep. You fall asleep, which is why, ladies and gentlemen. If you say North, North Alabama money line, I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the face. <laughs> no. Give me Iowa State plus seven and a half against Texas. Let's go. Give me the Cyclones. Let's go. At Jack Tri Stadium. Matt Campbell gets it done. There is no is he way. Still the coach there? Yes, he is. Good. Um, in my, I've seen Iowa State pull these kind of upsets before at home. Why don't you ask Brandon Wheaton and Justin Blackman and Mike Gundy about that a few, um, uh, a couple of years ago in 2011? Why don't you ask that like to Baker ago? Mayfield? Yeah, why don't oh, you a couple of years ago? Yeah, why don't you ask Baker Mayfield and them about it in 2017, whenever yeah. Iowa State pulled the upset against them, or 2020, whenever Oklahoma came to Iowa State when they were highly ranked, they lost. This is where we have more chaos than the Big 12 happened. Iowa State plus seven and a half. It was at plus nine and a half, and I felt even more, I felt confident, but because it's dropping down, that means they're that scared. Yeah. That means they are scared that Iowa State's going to win, which makes me feel even more confident in it. Easiest bet besides the Oregon-Washington over of the year. That's what you like to hear right there. But, man, 
Good episode. I'm. This was a fun episode. Yeah, absolute treat. Remember, NFL episode, college football. Make sure to strap in, watch some college football this weekend. Because next Anything weekend we're going to have games across Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We're going to have them all over the place. Yeah, sheer pandemonium uh, heading in uh, to next week. So that'll do it for us here at the Bold Take Podcast. That's Austin Waiter. I'm Austin Hill, and we want to thank you for listening.